Jaguars Digital. Jaguars, Jaguars Digital. Jaguars Drive Time. Brian Sexton. John Osher. Ashlyn Sullivan. Jaguars Drive Time starts right now. Good morning and welcome to Jaguars Drive Time from Everbank Field in Jacksonville. Our new off-season time, well, day, Wednesday, we'll stay at 8.30 here on Jags Drive Time on uh, TuneIn Radio and social media. Brian Sexton along with John Osier, and this morning the head coach joins us to wrap up the season. How are you this morning? I'm, I'm doing well. Every day gets a little bit better. A little bit easier? A little bit uh, better. You know, I said to somebody, it's kind of like... Um, Kind of like you're going 100 miles an hour through the playoffs. You're driving down 95, and then all of a sudden the brakes get slammed on. Yeah, you just kind of crash. Yeah, you know, both mentally and physically. You know, and that's for all the all the all the coaches because you you're just kind of going on, and your body is used to this clock where you're continuing to work and you continue to do things, and then all of a sudden it's just it's just over. You know, and but your your body has to adjust, and you know we have to get ourselves ready and just keep preparing and keep working to try to get this team better. And you talked on Monday about the need to get away and somehow have a fresh start and come back with uh, not a different perspective, but just some rest and some time to get the emotions of it away. Yeah. I think, you know, when, when, when you're asked to, you know, Hey, evaluate the the players or evaluate the coaches and, you know, evaluate the season and and you're talking about a large body of work. Well, you got to get that, that taste away, you know, at the end. So you can go in there and you can, you can, you know, look at it, you know, for what it is and not have the influence of, you know, emotions uh, of how you felt in the last game, nor does, you know, if something doesn't go as well in the last two or three games, you don't want that to, you know, when you're writing reports and things of that nature, have that um, influence really the whole body of the season. You want to be able to go in there and and get a a true perspective, a true evaluation on, on the whole body of work and not just, you know, how you feel. So when's a good time to do that? I, like you know, you know, you start doing it, but you know, you'll get away. We'll get a week, and you know, um, you know, next week we'll 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 take off, and then we'll come back, and I think everyone will be in a much. And then the Super Bowl's over, you know, so that's kind of in the past, and and you can kind of move on to, you know, the 2018 season. And uh, I think that you know, we're professionals, and that's what we have to be able to do. And then uh, February, what will? I know you got the combine, but the schedule in February. Well, packed, sure, <laughs> crowded. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you you know, you come back and you have you know your team and you have discussions and then you know coaches and then you know obviously you have unrestricted free agency starts. Um, you know, you start doing your homework on that, your background on that. So you want to get your team done first before you go out and start, you know, looking and evaluating other players. And then you know, obviously the the, the drafts coming up, so that's a continuous you know work of trying to just you know hit that. You know, every single day, whether you're doing so, we work a lot of half, half, a full day, but a half day on what the personnel stuff is, whether it's the pro or the college end of it, and then the other half of you know making sure we'll look at ourselves first from a quality control standpoint of you know what we what our goals were going in, what we felt we did well, what we need to improve on, where we want to go in the future, um, you know, how do we get ourselves better. And then, you know, then we go into more of a project type mode of, okay, what are some of the things that we can implement in our system, offense, defense, and special teams that, you know, we feel that, you know, can 
and get us over the hump or make us a better football team. So we'll do a lot of projects in that that regard and then be able to do presentations with it so you're continually you know trying to get yourself better working on those phases of from a personnel standpoint and from a standpoint of schematics and i assume that in the aftermath that looks like an incredible mountain to scale at this point that's why you need the time right yeah, or you've done it so much, it's not. Well, I think I think if if you haven't been in the profession, you know what I'm saying, and you're like, "Ooh, man, how you know?" But I think this is pretty much how how you know the 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 profession has been. You know what I'm saying? In this time, what people have done, it's not like you know, there's there's the this is the work that has to be done. So it's not like someone else is doing something different. You know, someone some staffs may be more on the personnel side than they are on, you know, maybe the schematics early on or vice versa or whatever it may happen. But, you know, we try to make sure that, you know, hey, we're just part of the process of the personnel standpoint. And, you know, we'll do our job there. And then obviously, you know, the, the football stuff is, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll put in a, a ton of work. You know, um, you can't speak for individual players, but from your experience as a player, how long does it take them to get past it? I mean, are they? You, are you looking at them turning the page after the Super Bowl like your coaches do? I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> I just always think, you know, as a player, it, 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 I, I used to think when I was a player, it hurt just as much, you know what I'm saying, as, as, a, as it did for the coaches. And that's when I was a player. So I would look and be like, yeah, I hurt just as much as the coaches and, and things of that nature. And when I became a coach, I'm thinking, well, shoot, I think we hurt more than a coach. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it all depends on, 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 excuse me, where I was. So, um, I think, I think everyone deals with it a little bit differently. Uh, I think, you know, people know what they have to do to get over it and, and move on and start preparing again for, um, you know, the following year. Have you had time to take, to take pride and what was accomplished yet, or is that? Your, I mean, I know it's not your nature, but I mean, I it's hard for me. I mean, it's it's embarrassing, you know, when you go out and people are like, "Hey, great year, great job." I mean, you, you lost. I mean, that's you know, thirty-one teams. You know, I, I can't speak for them, but I mean, that's 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 how I feel personally. Now, you know, are there things? Yeah, if I want to make myself, you know, feel good, I can I can look at other things, but I still. I still look back to the, the the one obstacle, the one thing that stopped us, you know, and then we lost the game. By the time you go to Kansas City, though, for the 101 awards, which, you know, not a lot of people are familiar with, but I'm a Kansas Cityan, so I know it's a very prestigious thing. Do you suppose, you know, getting up on stage and accepting the AFC Coach of the Year Award in Kansas City in uh, February will be easier? Well, I mean, that that award to me, the way I look at it, is is um, it's not something that's personal, meaning for myself, it's... It's an award that, you know, yes, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be the one to accept it, but I'm really accepting it in part for, you know, management, you know, with, with, what Coach Coughlin and Dave have done, obviously our assistant coaches and what they've done, our coordinators, um, Nathaniel Hackett, Todd Walsh, Joe DeCamillis, and then, you know, our players. So, you know, if you think that, you know, you get these awards, these individual awards and, you know, hey, me, 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 and this is what I did. You know, I, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a small part, you know, of of the organization, and a small part of what we're trying to get accomplished here, the football team. So when I received that award, I, I think of it as, um, 
I'm accepting it on behalf of everyone that's involved. You know, uh, and we should point out, Todd Wash was named the uh, coordinator of the year by the Sporting News, which I think is voted on by coaches, which speaks volumes. You know, it, it's there were a lot of strong performances right. amongst the staff and, this year. Yeah, and I think I think I think Washer would say the same thing. You know, I mean, you can't you can't be in this league. You can't be um, awarded something without you know having the support and help. Uh, of a lot of people, especially obviously the players' performance are, are a big thing in it. So, you know, I I look at those things and I just kind of say, hey, pretty cool. But you know, at the same time, it, you know, you wish you could make, you know, that trophy. You know, hey, uh, it's it shouldn't be coach of the year. It should be, you know, staff of the year. Really, in my opinion, that's how Sounds I like look at it. Sounds like it will be around here. Yeah, it should be. Mm-hmm. It will be. What what will you do to get away for a couple of days? I mean, how do you unplug from football? I mean, everyone's watching this run at one yeah. right now. They can see that you're still wrapped in this so tight. Yeah. What could possibly take your mind off of it? How can you get away? Uh, it's it's hard, you know, because you know I've got you know young kids, so it's not like you can just disappear, right? You know, you you've been away from them for so long, and you you try to get you try to get in there, and I've just got to do a better job. I mean, I'll go and watch like games, and you know, I'll sit by myself, and I, I can't do that. I I've got I've got issues, <laughs> you know, and, and people have been so great and, and, you know, and everyone's excited and that's great. I just, you know, I just feel like I, I've, you know, myself personally, and we all do, you know, you know, what could we have done better to, you know, win that game and get us to a point where we could compete for the world championship. And, and for us, you know, it, it just hurts, you know, it hurt, it hurts, it hurts because you, you, you feel like you, you know, you know, could have done it. You know, sometimes you go in there and you're like, oh man, we need a miracle to beat these guys. But that's not the case. You know, we felt we were good enough and had a good plan and we just weren't able to, you know, get the plays that we needed. So um, it just hurts. All right. Well, thanks for joining us yeah, all season no. long. It was great to get to know you. No. Spent well, a little time with you. I hope I'm not leaving or something. No. Maybe you know something. <laughs> I guess hey, it's great knowing you. <laughs> no, no. To get you to talk to Shot or Tom or anybody? No. I mean, let me rephrase that. It's been great to get to know you a little bit. <laughs> You know, as busy as you are and as many things as you have yeah, going to come yeah. and share uh, part of you and part of your week. You know, oh, it's, it's been, been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, it's been great. Everybody here has been great. You know, it's radio, whether it's a TV show, you know, obviously the common factor is Joe. You yeah, know, sure. So yeah, we appreciate everything that, that you've done. And, no one uh, like Joe. Yeah, and, it, and, it, and it's been good. And I hope the people that have listened have, have gotten a little bit more insight maybe, yeah. you know, from – for myself and and know how the team operates and and how hard these guys have worked and what they do. I think people on the outside just kind of think they just go in from nine to five, but you know there's a lot of work that goes into taking care of your body at six o'clock in the morning, getting yourself ready to practice, and then you know what you have to eat and what you have to you know how you got to get to sleep and all those things that go into play. You know this team is uh, has uh, has really committed themselves to really you know trying to get better and. You know, we're going to need a, a, a larger commitment when they come back. But, Doug, the connection to the franchise and the fans is back, and you're a big part of that, and you said it from day one. So uh, on that front, congratulations. Oh, well, I appreciate it. That's the one thing. That first that first time, that first meeting when we said, you know, everything was going on and, <clears throat> you know, building the experience for the fans and things of that nature. And I'm, I'll never forget, I went up there and I said, well, you know, the, the one the one phase that hasn't accomplished, you know, the one thing that we haven't been able to do is we haven't been able to do our part, you know what I'm saying, to win football games. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we, we've done enough to, to, to earn some of that, 
you know, respect back. And, you know, we understand that that's something that we've got to continue to do. And it, it goes day by day and week by week on how we perform. And, um, you know, just keep trying to, to, you know, to earn that right to have home field advantage. Well, we're here on Wednesdays. So if you ever walk by with a cup of coffee and feel like the need to talk to John Osier, well, yeah. we'll be here on Wednesday morning. Stop uh, in I'd love to. Love to. I will. I will. I'll, po- I'll pop in. Please do. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks. Great. Thanks. Thank you, guys. I appreciate everything. All right. We're back with Jack's Drive Time in 60 seconds. Wired is a brand new show that brings you closer to the field than anywhere else. We mic up the players. We're giving it out wholesale today, baby. Giving you exclusive access to what's happening on the sideline. Let's set this tempo. And on the field. You can't block me. We break down every aspect of Sunday's game, taking you inside the film room and the locker room. And we beat a good football team. Jags Wired airs Wednesday nights at 7.30 on Fox 30 and on Jaguars.com and the Jaguars apps. Jags Wired. Don't miss it. Jags fans, experience Everbank Field in an entirely new way. Visit jaguars.com slash tours and book a fully guided behind-the-scenes stadium visit. Hear stories of great plays by Jaguars legends. Get up close and personal with the famous video boards. And see why the Travel Channel named Everbank Field as one of the 15 bucket list destinations for any football fan. Discounts available for children, first responders, and military. Visit jaguars.com slash tours for tickets and complete tales. See you at the bank. Welcome back to Jags Drive Time on our new day Wednesday mornings. But here with big thing number one, the reality of this team right now. The reality of this team is you're not practicing for a Super Bowl right now. The expectation you could tell was that they were going into New England to win that game and get ready for a Super Bowl. You could tell from Jalen Ramsey's post-game press conference when he said, there's no credit in losing. And then especially on Monday morning when Doug Rohn said, the pain he feels right now is like the pain of losing a family member. They were expecting to be practicing this week, guys. Uh, there's no doubt. And I, the, the lesson here is that we started the season with the expectations. You know, I've, I've used this analogy before, but it, it takes a couple of miles for a cruise ship to turn around, right? Well, for a, a ship that seemed to be sinking the last six years, right, they had to bail and get all the water out of it and then turn it around. And they did that this year, right? They made the turnaround. They have the boat going in the right direction. You like my analogy? I, oh, you're not all that. I'm struggling with it. I get no. It, it's a it, it's a great analogy, Brian. Thank you. No, and I appreciate that. And it's true. I, I thought about that before. We've I talked said about it. the abyss, you know, and everything that you had to get out of. And it's funny. Expectations change during a season. That's it. So the you know I've gotten texts from buddies of mine who are big Jaguars fans. They say I haven't. My son and I talked about the game. And the and the team every day for five months. We haven't spoken about it since the game. And I told my wife that last night. She says that's how it feels. So the pain of that is so real that because that's what the expectation was by the end of the season. And as Doug said, it was a fair expectation because they truly believed in their, in their own ability. Had they lost by forty, I think it would have been different. But you're right there, so. It's easy to forget when the pain's that real how far they came. And it, 
on that level, I think it's the most successful seed in franchise history. I would totally agree with you. For many reasons, and we can discuss that as we go on, but that's what – and I don't think fans do forget it. Uh, and I certainly think in a couple of weeks it will be easier to accept that. But if you're if you're struggling to sort of hold on here, hold on to that, that it was an incredible ride. People will argue that the 99 season stands out as the most successful, but mm-hmm. it didn't end that way. See, when you – when the expectation is you're going to the Super Bowl from the beginning of the season to the end, and you don't do it and you lose at home, it can't be. Right. Now, until this year, it probably was. Sure. With, you know, 07 right behind there, 96 somewhere in there, probably 96 and then 07. But this one is different because the expectation changed over the course of the year, and you're standing there with a chance to beat Tom Brady. Now, I, the photo, to me, tells the whole story, right, of why the expectation why they weren't a favorite, right, is because at the end of the season, he's throwing the ball on 4th and 14 to D.D. Westbrook, a fourth-round pick, a rookie, who didn't play the first half of the season, and there's a $15 million-a-year corner that's knocking it away. That tells you what you were dealing with at the end of the year. I thought you were going to talk about the photo of Miles Jack not getting down by contact. Well, that's that's another photo. Do I really want – I don't want to pour salt in the (laughs) wound. a lot of photos. Yeah. I don't want to pour salt in the wound in any way, shape, or form. But – the reality of it was was that they were going up there against Tom Brady, mm-hmm. and they played well enough to win, and they came up just short. And when you look at the reasons why, and the coach just said they're going to, and evaluate all the reasons why, you'll find out where you have to get better this offseason. Agreed. And Ashlyn, we've got more big things. All right, let's talk about the quarterback. Is Blake Bortles the present or the future for 2018 and beyond? I think Blake deserves your 2018 quarterback. I mean, he went toe-to-toe with Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, demolished the Steelers' defense twice in one season, completed 12 of his passes in a row against the Patriots last week. Obviously, this is going to be a major discussion point this season, and I'm sure people will disagree with what I just said, but it's definitely something to talk about. Well, I mean, you just gave us the entire next few months' worth of Mm -hmm. conversation. Uh, And a couple of things to consider. Uh, A, What's out there, right? Uh, is this a team that's in a position to draft a first-round pick and say, that's our guy? No. I mean, they're, that's not who they are. Uh, how much he makes, right? Is, is Blake Bortles a $19.7 million quarterback, which equates to about a million dollars, a little more than a million dollars per game. Are you paying for that? Um, I, th- I think you'll be here, my own personal take on it. But if I'm looking at it critically, I want to know, can he be that guy that wins at the end? Mm-hmm. Because other than the Chargers game here, where the defense played a huge role, that's something that's missing from his resume, is getting it done. I saw a stat this morning that the Jaguars trailed in games by a score with an opportunity to win seven times this year and finished one and six. Yeah, and that's a that's a bad stat for a quarterback, right. obviously. Um, it's also something that... Uh, this year, I don't know that the, it, it's a stat that's always going to get attached to a quarterback. I don't know that it's necessarily just a quarterback stat this year. No. Uh, when you throw in the young receivers, when you throw in the fact that for this offense to function, I think for this offensive line to function, it needed to be in certain situations. I think it had trouble protecting when the other team knew it was passing. So I think all of that sort of plays in, but it's Blake's stat. It's a quarterback stat. I get it. Um, in terms of the decision on him, I think when we say right now, I think Blake will be the quarterback, which we do, it might cause people to think, well, the decision's made. Uh, it's automatically going to be, 
why wouldn't they explore options? Well, they are going to explore options. There's no question that they're going to look at the entire market and try to figure it out. I think the point we're making is once you look at it, is there going to be somebody who's out there where you say, we are willing to take the risk to release Blake Bortles, which would happen to happen have to happen before March for them to go pursue another guy, I believe, and believe that there's somebody out there that's worth that risk and would be a upgrade, I don't think there's going to be. Well, and I think people are saying, well, Alex Smith. Well, the Chiefs own his rights. You don't know that they're ready to move on from him to Patrick Mahomes and that you can give them what they want. What what if they hold tight and say, we're not taking anything less than a two? Right. Right? The money is probably going to be equal. But are you willing to give up draft capital and the long-term health of your franchise? Let's be, let's be clear. The Jaguars have been a team that has added players right over the last couple of years. They haven't lost players in free agency. Well, in the next two years now, Yannick Ngakwe, Miles Jack, Jalen Ramsey, they're guys you got to pay. And in order for you to be able to pay and keep these guys, you have to be able to draft and replace guys because you can't keep everyone. Right. So giving up a two is a ridiculous thing to do at a position where this roster is right now. So do you want to do that for Alex Smith? And does he make you that much better? Remember, both the Niners and the Chiefs moved on from him mm-hmm. in favor of other guys. And so does he fit things. what you want to do? I exactly. don't know the answer. To that. I don't know what they want to do. And I just pull his name out. Sure. You can make the same case for Kirk Cousins or Eli Manning. All of these guys who are tied to other teams right mm-hmm. now. It has to be evaluated, and it's not just simple. Well, go get him. It, it's absolutely not simple. It's incredibly complex, and I think it's the complexities that will eventually help have Blake be here next year. Complexities. What do we got next? All right, the needs of this team heading into free agency in the draft. The draft is going to be a little different this year. Last season you picked fourth. This season you're picking 29th. It's the first time in 10 seasons since 2007 that you don't have a top 10 draft pick. One of the things I think this team is going to do is lock down their number one receiver. There's definitely lack of experience there and lack of talent at times this season. Both Allen Robinson and Marquise Lee free agents going into this season. Yeah, you talk about complexity now, right? You've got a guy who you believe is your number one guy who would have made a difference this year in Allen Robinson coming off of an ACL. If you franchise him at $16 million, which is a big chunk mm-hmm. to bite off. Uh, Allen Hearns is $7 million. I, I don't think anybody expects Allen Hearns to be playing in Jacksonville for $7 million next year. No. And Marquise Lee is... You know, based on values, is probably an eight eight and a half million dollar receiver in the market based on what he's capable of doing. I don't think anybody expects him to be playing in Jacksonville for eight eight and a half million. So when you look at that, you know, you've also got guys. Hearns is at seven. Chris Ivory is at seven. Jeremy Parnell is near seven. I mean, you've got a lot of guys that are making a big a big check here. You've got to sort of not sort of. You have to really actively manage this thing correctly on offense if i'm handicapping it alan robinson's back marquise lee's not alan hearn's not three receivers would be alan robinson keelan cole dd westbrook with probably a draft pick coming in right chris ivory oh yeah he's inactive at the end of the year can't imagine Um, that and on defense i think pizlesny's back on a shorter deal on on some sort of cap friendly because i I think he wants to be here i don't think he wants to play anywhere else i think you lose aaron colvin and uh jeremy parnell i think is a very interesting case do you? It, it's a draft rich in right r- tackles. Right, I think they're in a good situation there because if he's your starting right tackle, you're okay with that. But I don't think you're going to go into next season 
with the same starting offensive line. I'd be surprised if you go into it with not at least 40% of it changed. So you do wonder if the right tackle will be part of that. As as you say, value at the end of the first round is going to play a lot into it. Is receiver or right tackle a bigger value? I believe it'll be one of those two, one of those two positions. Right. So they have a lot to get done with respect to uh, the draft and free agency, and to make sure that they get this offense, and in particular the offensive line. John, I said this a couple of times this year. Uh, they have got to get better on the interior of the offensive line. I was going to tell you what a good job I did all year, but <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. Yeah, so I was ready for thank you, Brian. Were you ready? You were oh, amazing. Yeah. You oh, really well, were. I mean, Ashland's just been in awe of you the entire year. Well, that's, right. that happens. How, do, how does he do what he does? Yeah. Or why? So. I think we need to take a break. We, we Whatever I was going to say, I just <laughs> it got lost in the ether in here. We'll take a 60-second pause, come back with a little Ozone snapshot, and wrap up the new Wednesday morning edition of Jags Drive Time from Everbank Field. Jags fans, experience Everbank Field in an entirely new way. Visit jaguars.com slash tours and book a fully guided behind-the-scenes stadium visit. Hear stories of great plays by Jaguars legends. Get up close and personal with the famous video boards. And see why the Travel Channel named Everbank Field as one of the 15 bucket list destinations for any football fan. Discounts available for children, first responders, and military. Visit jaguars.com slash tours for tickets and complete tales. See you at the bank. Jags Wired is a brand new show that brings you closer to the field than anywhere else. We mic up the players. We're giving it out wholesale today, baby. Giving you exclusive access to what's happening on the sideline. Let's set this tempo. And on the field. You can't block me. We break down every aspect of Sunday's game, taking you inside the film room and the locker room. And we beat a good football team. Jags Wired airs Wednesday nights at 7.30 on Fox 30 and on Jaguars.com and the Jaguars apps. Jags Wired. Don't miss it. Jags drive time here with you with some ozone snapshot. The first one, Josh from Jacksonville. How egregious does a missed call have to be before we can expect some kind of third party investigation into whether a bias exists for the NFL's big money teams, John? Well, it has to be. I'm not sure it can get that egregious. I, I, mean, don't, I don't think it can. Because there's really no ramification for it. It's unfortunate. Um, you know, I picked this because officiating is such a topic. I didn't want to avoid it. I am usually somebody who believes that it all plays out, it all evens out. Um, I'm also somebody who believes that you're allowed to overcome adversity. And I think there were times in that game the other day uh, when the Jag- uh, the interference penalty in the first half, uh, Jaguars could have done a better job of stopping that drive. I thought it was a bad call, but could have done a better job of stopping the drive. Miles Jackson are the same situation. Should have been a touchdown for the Jaguars could have done a better job of taking advantage of that break but there are certain plays in key games i believe the league has an issue with this early whistle issue it happened against kansas city tennessee it happened in this game it's changing the outcome of games and they've got to do something because the miles jack play should have gone down as one of the great defensive plays in postseason history right it's not going to and that's not right akin to James Harrison and the fumble return in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, and big momentum I'm not sure this changing. would have been bigger because I think it would have, I would think have, it would have ended the dynasty. Yeah. You know, or, or perhaps not, because they're going to be back. I mean, it's not like that. But it would have been one of those NFL Network highlight moments for all time. Why isn't it? Let it go. 
And if we rule that it's not a fumble when we replay, then it's not a touchdown either. Well, I think it's what they have to try to do. The problem is it's easy to say let it go. And I understand it, it, it's, hard as an, it's hard as an official because you were trained when watching the game to blow the whistle when the play is dead. So that's your instinct. That's what you're trained to do. And it's hard just to turn it off just because it's a turnover play. It, but I think it needs to be more emphasized and they need to figure out some sort of way to not have this. Because they're usually huge plays. Because it often happens, it often happens on turnover plays. So, so they're game-changing situations. And again, I, I think it probably cost the Jaguars the Super Bowl. Well, the one thing that we can say with certainty is it doesn't appear, at least it didn't appear this year, that these kinds of plays ever happened to the Patriots. That's what most people see. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When you came to these moments in games, and it wasn't just this game. There was the sure. Buffalo game, the Pittsburgh game. It never seemed to go against New England. I'm not trying to right. fuel the conspiracy fire, but when you watch TV and you see that it just kind of always breaks their way, right. it, people just there is a Patriot fatigue mm-hmm. in this league. Good teams tend to take advantage, and therefore... The breaks are perceived as always going their way because they take advantage yeah. of them once they get them. Right. But I'll just leave it at that. Okay. You've got one more for uh, Ozone Snapshot? Yes. There? One more. Steve O. from Duburg, whatever that means. Given how this team performed this year, it seems Shad and or the city would have done something special for the players this week to show appreciation. Seems a thank you in a garbage bag is pretty darn impersonal if you want to have players that want to play for you and not a paycheck. Yeah, and – uh. I get why somebody could see it that way, but unless you win the Super Bowl, there's not going to be a parade. Right. The parade was the 10,000 in Everbank Field after the, after the Steelers Which game. was moving to most players. And, yeah, and players get that. Once it's over, unless you win it, uh, the garbage bags and the uh, getaway day scene, it's just part of it. It's a sad part of it, but the fact that the 10,000 in Everbank Field that night was the parade, and that's going to be the element that the uh, reader's looking for that makes this a a destination spot, a cool place to play, et cetera, et cetera. I thought it was fine. Well, a shout-out to the people who were here Absolutely. afterwards. Because I, there were three, 400 people here, you know, 1130 to midnight, and the players got off the bus, and just that small amount of people had them over there taking pictures, giving high fives, shaking hands, and the players were genuinely touched by the folks that came out to say thank you. So it didn't need to be huge. The players recognized. And, and look, they live here too. They go to Publix. They get out in the community. They see the kids and the people that are all wearing Jaguars gear. They understood that this was a seismic season in terms of interest and passion on the part of the fans. They didn't miss it. Grabbing their trash bag, it doesn't mean they're gone forever. They'll still be here around. Some of them live here. Some of them will be back. And um, the offseason will be fun for them. There will be this entire offseason for them to feel what the city of Jacksonville felt for them. Yeah, the reconnection was real. It, yeah. it was amazing on that front. Yeah, and, it sure uh, was. you know, that makes it a spectacular season to remember. All right. So you're headed to the Pro Bowl. I am. And Jaguars.com, J.P. Shadrick will be there with you. I'm covering. I was not voted in. I, f- I feel like I was probably snubbed, too, to be Ashlyn, honest. did you not vote for him? I did. Uh, no, I did. They too. must not have got my vote. Yeah. Me and you need. Was that vote. write-in thing? Yeah. Yeah, but um, you need got in as an alternate. So. And then you're going to the Super Bowl next week, also to cover the Baselli, uh Hall of Fame potential, which we both think has a really good opportunity. I do think it has, has a good chance. And uh, Patrick Cavanaugh and I will be leaving Wednesday. 
uh, with coverage Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of Vesely, and hopefully Saturday night of him getting in. So Jags drive time may be Tuesday next week, just because you'll be on an airplane headed to the Super Bowl. It'd be difficult yeah. for me to be there. Now, if you truly were a Pro Bowler, you could do both. Well, but, but we'll just leave it at that. I, I thought we just established that I'm not. Safe travels. You too, buddy. Thanks. And uh, for Ashlyn Sullivan, head coach Doug Marone, Joe Fortunato, Tad Dickman, and Pat Cavanaugh, thanks for joining us here on Wednesday morning, Jags Drive Time. The offseason is upon us.